everybody. I hope you're having a great week. This is Pastor Caleb, and I want to welcome you back to the New Community Church Podcast. This week, we're starting a new series. It's called Mixtape. So just like back in the day when we used cassette tapes and recorded your favorite artists to make a great tape of various music, in the next few weeks, you're going to listen to a few new speakers um, here at NCC. It's not just going to be Pastor Aaron or myself or other pastors here, but mature believers from NCC sharing a word that the Lord is speaking to them. So this is our first installment of Mixtape. We're hearing from Rick Hill, who is a great man of God and has been a part of NCC for a while now. And so go ahead, lean back, tune in, take some notes today as you listen to Rick Hill. Y'all just saw a brief clip from the movie Secretariat, one of the movies that I just truly love, one of the greatest movies that I feel of all times. And the reason I selected this movie as part of the introduction this morning is that this movie depicts a woman, a woman who stood up against all that came against her. She was bold enough during the late 60s, early 70s to stand against uh, all of the chauvinistic men who tried to defeat her, who tried to knock her down. Yes, sexism is real, and they tried to mitigate her. They tried to knock her down. But in spite of everything that she had to go through, she stood up and she stood firm. And so this movie depicts her, her ingenuity, her creativity, her willpower to move forward in spite of what was against her. And so the movie is about Secretary, the horse, probably the greatest horse of all times. This horse was able to do what it was able to do because she stood firm and allowed this horse, gave this horse a platform to run in spite of all the nations says, even in her own house, her husband and her brother turned against her, but she kept on fighting in spite of all the other men in the jockey club and, and all the other horse owners talked about her. They said that you can't be a woman and, and be able to know what, what a horse needs to do and how a horse can run. You're not a good judge because you're a housewife. You're only a housewife, but she showed them she could not only uh, uh, cook the bacon, but she could bring home the bacon too. And so this movie really just shows up and it shows really what it's all about. This movie stood against those who stood against her because one of the things that her father always told her when she was a little girl, he, he would tell her to run your race. He'd tell her to run, run your race, Penny. Run your race because she understood because of what her father had invested in her that it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. All that matters is what's on the inside. And so she ran her race, and, 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 and because it was on the inside, this horse got an opportunity to run. So we're going we're gonna to show you the next clip. Uh, we're going to show you this next clip uh, as Penny is going through this journey uh, to, to, to allow Secretary to have an opportunity to be able to run. As y'all saw in that clip, she wouldn't take no for an answer. Her father ended up dying uh, partway through the movie, and when he died, he left a large inheritance tax. Six million dollars they needed or they would lose everything that they had, everything that her father had worked for his entire life. And six million dollars, but she didn't have six million dollars. And so she took a bet, she took a risk 
on Secretary. She says, listen, this horse is going to run, and this horse is going to win. And she guaranteed them that this horse would win the Triple Crown. That's, that's the Kentucky Derby. That's Preakness, and that's the Belmont Stakes. She guaranteed it, and she was able to get enough investors, even though they told her no at first. And like I said, she didn't take no for an answer. She didn't quit. She didn't give up, and she said she was not going to live a life of regret. And so she was able to get the horse syndicated. She, she was able to get the money necessary to pay off the debt uh, so that she would not lose everything that she had. But the horse had to perform. Listen, she had a, a future uh, that, that she looked in and she operated in the future and not just in the right now. She understood that what was at risk. And so in spite of that, she took a risk on herself. She took a risk on her ability to choose and know what this horse could do. And so she syndicated the horse. The horse ran, y'all. The horse won the Kentucky Derby in record time. The second leg, he won the Preakness in record time. And then they're getting ready for the third race, the, the Belmont Stakes and all everything she had was at stake. And this is what happens as they prepare for this third race that the horse has to win. This is her conversation with her trainer because they need a strategy. You know, everything is on the line. She loses everything if this horse loses this one race. Y'all see this? Check it out. Check it out. I mean, I love this movie. I love it. Y'all see what she's up against. Y'all see what she had to deal with. And they had a strategy so the secretary could run his race. And that's what God is simply telling each and every one of us. The title of this sermon, oh, I forgot. Let me be orthodox. I'm in church. The title of this sermon is to be bold and run your race. Be bold and run your race. And so she gave Secretary an opportunity to run his race. She had already decided that she had won on the inside, and now it was his time to win on the outside. She understood what she was up against, and she beat it down, and she battled it. She understood all of the forces that came against her, but she did not let that deter her. She kept on with her initiative. She kept on with her intensity. She kept on with her commitment to allow this horse to do what God had designed this horse to do because God had designed him to be a champion. God had designed him to be a triple crown winner. And so as they prepare for this race, as they get ready for this last and final race, she has a talk. They have this big banquet right before the Belmont Stakes, y'all. And, and, right, and, and as they're having this big banquet, she goes out. She leaves the banquet in her formal attire, and she goes to the stables, and she has a conversation with Secretariat. Amen. She's ran her race. Now it's time for his to run his race. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, either here or on Facebook Live or those who are streaming in, but God has designed each and every one of us to run our ways. And oftentimes, many of us end up depleted and defeated because we've chosen to run scared instead of run our race. The Bible says that, that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have not uh, been created to be less than, but more than. So why is it that the church isn't as more powerful than it is in this nation? Why is it that we're not transforming the lives that need to be transformed? I, I, I submit to you this morning that some of us have run scared. And we've not been bold, but God, but I wanted to remind you today who you are. God, God has created you to be bold. God has created you to run your race. And the Bible is peppered with those who understood that God had called them to run your race. Come here, Noah. Noah, God called him to run his race, so Noah built a ship that saved humanity. 
God called Abraham to run his race, so he called Abraham out of Babylon to leave his father's house and to go to a land that he would show him. Okay, y'all not getting this, all right? Uh, 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 come here, David. David. He, he called David to run his race, and, and when David ran his race, God called David to defeat Goliath, and there's Goliath that you're going to face in this life, and you don't have to be afraid. God has called you to run your race. You have been designed to win. Okay, y'all got to talk. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a black preacher, if y'all ain't seen. I'm, 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 all right. And I'm not accustomed yet, uh, to, to folk. You got to talk to me, all right? You got to talk to me. I ain't, I ain't got but 20 minutes, so you got you to you talk to me. Because if you don't talk to me, that 20 minutes may turn into 30 minutes. And, it, and that 30 minutes may turn to 40 minutes. Then I'd be in trouble with pastor. And so y'all need to talk to me, all right? So, so I know that you're feeling what I'm feeling. God has called you to run your race. And because he's called you to run his race, there are those in the Bible that he gave us as models and examples. And, and so when I look at the life of Paul, Paul, run your race. And, and so Paul, God called him to, to, to preach to the Gentiles. And, and, and he planted more churches than anybody in biblical history. We wouldn't have the New Testament if it wasn't for Paul. God called him to run his race. God called Jesus our Lord, Savior, and Redeemer, to run his race. Jesus leaves heaven, come down to the terrestrial shores of this earth, died so that we might live, redeemed us back to God. Jesus ran his race. So the question is, what about you? Are you running your race? Are you doing what God called you to do? As we come to this text, in the third chapter of Acts, y'all turn with me. Third chapter of Acts, very quick. I'm, I'm not going to read all of it. But in the third chapter of Acts, Peter and John are getting ready to go to church. It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And this is what it says, verse 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour. That's 3 o'clock. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he begged, asking them to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess any silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And seizing the man by the right hand, he raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. One of the reasons that we got to be bold, church, one of the reasons that we have to be bold is that we've got to recognize that God wants us to run our race. Because if we don't run our race, those who God has called to be healed will not get their healing. I didn't say it right. I didn't say it right. Uh, uh, you got to be bold and run your race so that others can be healed. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. All right. All right. You, you got to run your race. Look, 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 this man. 
This man had been lamed his whole life. He was set down at the gate beautiful for folk going into church. And, and I, just a side note, how many times have we passed somebody on our way to church that needed help and we just turned a blind eye? But Peter and John didn't do that. As they were getting ready to go in, they looked at the man. The man was asking for some money. The man was asking for a donation. The man was asking for a handout. The man was asking for their, their help. And they turned to him. They said, look, we, we, we preachers. We ain't got no money. Wait, wait, wait. But what we do have is something better than money. And st instead of the man getting some money, they gave him ministry. Uh, instead of the man getting a handout, they gave him a hand up. Uh, instead of the man getting some dollars or a donation, they gave him deliverance. Y'all going to get this in a minute. Y'all going to get it. Uh, uh, instead of the man getting alms, they gave him the almighty. And so you just said in the text, they reached out and took this man by the hand. This man got more than he expected, more than he bargained for. This man was able to walk. He'd been crippled his entire life. And you see, they took him by the hand, and he stood up immediately, leaping and praising God. And all I'm trying to say to each and every one of us today, there's somebody who's been crippled by life that God has allowed to come your way. And God wants you to use. God wants to use you because you've been designed prophetically. You've been designed providentially to move and speak power into their lives. I don't know what it is. They might be in a bankrupt situation. They might be going through a divorce. They might be suffering with some kind of debilitating illness. But God has allowed you to pass their way so that you can speak into their crippled condition. Y'all, church, we got to be bold. We got to be bold. We got to run our race. God has designed us to make a difference in the lives of those who we encounter. There are those who are crippled today who remain crippled because we didn't do our job. You saw what Penny Tweedy was up against. These male chauvinists, the, the, the good old boys club. That she was a housewife. You, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. Sexism is real. We got to stand up against those who would marginalize our women. Racism. Wow. After 400 years, we realize today that racism is a problem. But God will put you in position so that you can speak into somebody else's crippled condition. Are you doing it? And I tell, I got uh, Mark, you know, I, I, two guys I get to disciple, Mark and, and Glenn. Uh, and we oftentimes, as part of our discipling process, you know, we learn a lot of scripture. We learn our scripture. And, and one of the things that, that we talk about, and I've oftentimes told them uh, uh, how important it is for us to be bold, especially as men, that we got to be bold. Because the sisters, you know, they always, uh, sisters always be ready. I, I, I mean, sisters be ready, but listen, man, I say, man, yeah, we got to stand up. We got we to show the initiative. And I didn't have time to go through the context, so I had time to do it. But in your quiet time, when you go back, Jesus had just been crucified, right? And these disciples, these disciples had scattered. Jesus is dead. The one who was going to save them, the one, the Messiah, who's going to rescue them is gone. And these men, when Jesus was crucified, they scattered. But the women stayed. Okay, y'all. 
it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible, y'all take my word for it, it's in the Bible. Uh, uh, and Mary Magdalene, they were going to prepare Jesus' body, right, and get it ready. And so Mary had, when, when Jesus wasn't in the tomb, she had to go tell the disciples that Jesus wasn't there. So they came and looked, no, he's not here. Oh, okay. Uh, and so then they went back to business shoes, but Jesus then shows up and speaks to Mary uh, after his crucifixion. He talked to Mary Magdalene, he talked to her first, and he said, tell them to meet me in Galilee. And so then for 40 days, Jesus stays here, and, and Jesus meets with the disciples on three or four different occasions. He meets with them, uh, uh, he meets with them, and he empowers them, and then he lets them know. He lets them know in Galilee, listen, I got to go to the Father, and I'm going to sit at the right hand and advocate for you, but when I go, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. The comforter is going to come. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have power within you to do what I call you to do. Matter of fact, he put it like this in Acts 1. You shall receive the Holy Spirit, and you shall have power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in, uh, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So he said, I will give you power, and so that's what Jesus did. And he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for me there. And so they went to Jerusalem, wait on the comforter. Then y'all know the, the Holy Spirit showed up. The Holy Spirit showed up and, at, on the day of Pentecost, and, and, and the Holy Spirit, you know, fell on like fiery tongues and, and like a loud, crushing wind. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit uh, fell on each and every one of them, and they began to speak in unknown tongues, but everybody uh, whose language that they were speaking understood what they were saying. And look at this, y'all. And, and so as these men, who are now, they ain't scattered no more. They're speaking boldly into somebody else's life. And God has given you his Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus, God has given you his Holy Spirit. And so we have no, we, we, we don't have an excuse but to speak boldly into somebody else's life. It's so important for us to do that. But, but I'm taking too long on that point. So, so what was the first point? We've got we've to be bold and run our race so that others can be what? Healed. Okay, all right, all right, yeah, I'm going to get this. But then number two, look at the text. Look, look at the text. After this man got healed, look at verse, verse 9. Chapter 3, verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the gate, beautiful, at the temple, begging for money. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Second point I want to raise to you. Not only do you have to be bold so that others can be healed, you got to be bold so that others can be saved. Okay, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it, y'all missed it. I'm not making it up, I promise you. Uh, chapter 4, verse 4. Uh, but many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Peter and John, after this man was healed, there were people who were watching. Peter and John understood that there always are going to be onlookers. Uh, and, and there were those who were watching. Uh, instead of going into church, they watching what was going on. And y'all know we got, you know, two types of people to show up at church. We got those who are worshiping and those who are watching. 
We got those who extol and exalt the name of Jesus, and we got those who examine those who are here. And so you always got onlookers. And, but, I, but I appreciate that because the people knew that this man was crippled his entire life. And, and so they wondered with amazement, how did this man get healed? And so look at the boldness of, of Peter and John. If you look at the rest of that chapter, they stood up before the people. And Peter and John told them, the Jesus who you crucified, the Jesus who you traded a murderer for, that same Jesus is why this man is healed today. It's in his name that this man has his healing. Oh, listen, 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 listen. Jesus said that you do greater works than I did. Uh, Jesus said you do greater works than I did. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Listen, y'all, Jesus has given us the, the ability to do greater works than he has. Why is it? Why is it that we're not performing? I submit to you, we ain't bold enough. And y'all, it's time. It's time out for being sorry. It's time out for being weak. We've got to take a stand and, 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 and recognize that people are always watching you. People are watching you. And it's important for you to always, and I don't, don't miss this, give an interpretation of the move of God in your life. It, it, it ain't private. It ain't personal. You've got to interpret for others how God is moving in your life. That's what Peter did in this man's healing in chapter 3. And 5,000 men, not including women and children, were saved. In chapter 2, when Pentecost fell, he gave an interpretation. He said, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's too early in the morning. It's 9 o'clock. And he gave an interpretation of the move of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 folk got saved in chapter 2. You have to be ready, church, to give an interpretation of how God is moving in your life. Because folks are looking at you. COVID-19 is tearing this country apart. But these Christian folk still seem to be full of hope, still seem to be full of joy. And while the world is falling apart, you're moving on cruise control. You need to tell the folk, it's not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. It's the Lord working on the inside that God has given me a thermostatic heart that even though it's hot on the outside, I'm still cool on the inside. And us folk who are going through it. Folk, folk, folk know that people are having difficulty with their jobs and, and, and people are losing jobs and, 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 and people are going bankrupt and, 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 and people are having uh, illnesses in their lives that they're not overcoming and, and they're going through it. But then they look at your life and, they, and it looks like you're not struggling. You got to tell them why. You got to let them know. Because that might be that onlooker that Jesus is going to save because of your testimony. It's important that you interpret. And let me move to this last point. Yeah, my, yeah. You got to be bold and run your race so that others can be healed. Number two, you got to be bold and run your race so that onlookers can be saved. But then lastly, you got to be bold and run your race so that the oppressor will behave. 
Okay, y'all missed it. Look, 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 okay, I, I ain't make it up. I ain't make it up. Look at the text. Chapter 4, verse 1. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Verse 3. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. How many of you know that when you're doing the will of God, that sometimes you're going to get in trouble? Matter of fact, if you want to validate and confirm whether you work in God's will, you can do that by the amount of trouble that you run into. Because Satan don't want to see you doing. Satan don't want to see folks say. Satan don't want to see uh, the kingdom of heaven uh, growing in number. And so they got arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got arrested for doing good. They got arrested for being the vehicle that God used to bring healing to this man. They got arrested. And if you go on to the rest of chapter 4, you'll see that they, after they got arrested, it, it, was, it was late, so, so they convened this kangaroo court on these trumped-up charges, and, and, and just like they did Jesus. And, 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 and they started discussing among themselves, listen, what are we going to do? Uh, we can't deny the fact that this man got here because this man been crippled his whole life, so we can't talk about it. So what are we going to do? I can, well, we got, well, we can't. Well, that's 5,000 folk got saved, and so you know, we, we got to be careful about what we do because we're going to get in trouble if, if, if we're not careful. And so they said, well, uh, well, we can't deny the fact that a miracle occurred, so I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll call them back out, and, and, and we'll threaten them. And so this is what they did, y'all. This is what they did. This is what they did. They called him out in verse chapter 4. And they, after they had that long conversation I just ran through, and I think it's, let me see, it's around, uh, uh, what is it, verse, verse 19. Well, verse 18. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them, chapter 4, verse 18, not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, okay, this ain't the Peter and John that, that, that scattered when Jesus was crucified. This ain't the same Peter who denied Jesus three times. This is a, this is a Peter who has the Holy Spirit on the inside. Uh, and, and so after they threatened him, they, they, they threatened him, and they said, they, they just let him out of jail, and, they, and they're talking to him, and they said, now, 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 you can't talk about Jesus no more. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge of that. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. And church, church, that's what I call this today. We can't stop speaking about what we've seen. We've seen addicts turn their lives over to Jesus We've seen ripped up, torn up marriages be mended because of Jesus. We've seen illnesses and disease that has taken over others' bodies be healed because of Jesus. Y'all, even when God has allowed our loved ones to go home, 
We are still able to preach the good news of the gospel. That's why I love this church. That's why I love Sarah and, and, and Aaron. And even in, in his father being lost to COVID, this man kept preaching the gospel. He kept standing firm on the word of God. He knew that his hope was not down here, but it's up there. And whenever you know Jesus, it's, not, it's about what you've seen and what you heard. What you've seen and what you heard. Listen, we just finished this series. They did this awesome series, and, and, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I promise you. And, 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 and the series was on Living with the Lions, I believe, was, was the theme and title. For and, and they talked about it, went through, the, went through Daniel. So, 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 so uh, uh, you've seen some stuff in your life. But now I heard in this series that Daniel got thrown in a lion's den. But how many of you know that God is able to make a lion lose its appetite. Okay. Okay, y'all, y'all missed it. Okay. Uh, they, they talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Okay. Uh, got thrown in a fiery furnace. Got thrown in a fiery furnace, y'all. Look at the boldness of it. But what I heard was, when they got thrown in the furnace, the furnace did not burn them up. Because only God is able to turn a furnace into a refrigerator. Okay, y'all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. I, okay, let me, listen. Paul and Silas got thrown in jail, whipped, stripped, in stocks, chained up. But it was something about being in jail that they didn't worry about their predicament. They started praying, the Bible says in Acts 16, and they started singing. They had a praise and worship, Sarah. They had praise and worship at about midnight. And the Bible says that God stumped his feet in eternity and it shook the foundations of the earth. And an earthquake happened so violently that it tore all the chains and the stocks that they were in and broke them free. Okay, okay y'all, 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 y'all. All I'm trying to say is that whenever You stand for God, he's going to stand for you. And it's important for us, it's important for us, church, to to run our race so that the oppressor will behave. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We hope that you continue to listen to our podcast every single week as we share the message that God is speaking to NCC. Now this week as you reflect on this message, what is one thing that God is calling you to say to someone this week? What conversation about God do you need to have with someone else? Don't just let this message stay here, but take it with you. Let it change you. And let's become more like Christ together. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new. And we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.